one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to this week's episode of 20 Minute Tims. That is the mid-season mailbag Celtic are on their winter break, but we are not. The flagship sails on. <laughs> Melly and Stephen, a um, couple of days into the transfer window yet, nobody's arrived. Absolute disgrace, disgrace, and that's what we're here to moan about. Outrageous. What is that, what, a week? No, basically into the, into the transfer window. That's absolutely that's outrageous. Eighth, I? I, at the eighth, which is absolutely disgusting, quite frankly. It's unacceptable. How much money's landed in Brendan and Mr. Lowell's bank accounts? <laughs> Since the window, have, they need to ask themselves, have they earned it? That's the question, have they earned it? We've been talking Listen, about this 72 million all season. What's it sitting at now? Aye, what's it, what's be it been a crew to? The interest alone. Listen, what we've done is we've reached out to our Patreons, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims, if you want to get involved in such fun and games as this and get extra videos, podcasts and writing from us all through the winter break. Um, and we've asked them to send in some mid-season mailbag questions. So it's a special we've reached out to the patrons. They've sent us in some questions. So don't blame us, basically. Don't blame <laughs> us for the for the level of intellect, for the level the level of engagement on this. Uh, so we'll, we'll find out what's in this this bulging mailbag. Did you guys get a wee look at it beforehand, or is it no, just the back no, of secret? All oh, right, okay. So I prefer so, to do it that way, to be honest. So so the reactions are uh, organic. So you're shooting for the hip. Listen, I've filtered some of the questions out. Thank you to everyone on Patreon that sent us a question. Some of them are a bit too risky for the public audience, but if you want some X-rated content, a couple of blue jokes, then uh, Patreon.com. Is it going to be Patreon Aye. after hours? DMT yeah. <laughs> after hours. Like that sexy Hollyoaks thing that used to be on Channel 4. Remember they used to stick one on at 9 o'clock? It's going to be a bit like what, that. A what raunchy they call version. What after dark? Aye, something like that. <laughs> was that? Aye, TMT after dark. You can get that on Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. Quickly turn it into OnlyFans right first up. From Sean Salmon, are we buying Bernardo? Um, Melly, Stephen, we've got uh, an exclusive piece of Patreon content out right now. Um, mid-season report card where we go through the squad and we yep. rate the players on how well they've done this season. And the one big caveat, as it was filmed about three weeks ago, <laughs> yeah. was... Before he um, became but, player of the year, yeah, 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 basically. Yeah, before he arrived, yeah. before he arrived on the scene, was Bernardo's performances. So are we going to sign him or should we sign him, Melly? Uh, of the last three performances we should but look we've had months of them not doing anything so I think it's a case of 
Right now, it depends on the fee and all that. But look, we've got him on loan for the rest of the season. So let's see how he gets on. Let's see if he can build up consistency. If he puts in performances like he has done over the past three games, definitely. But Celtic have looked a lot better with him in the team. He's added goals to his game and he's... No, there yet, but a potential hun scalper on the horizon. Mm, so right. I think if the fee's good, if he continues this, then it's a bit of a no brainer. But saying that, three weeks ago, you could have said it's a no brainer to send him back in uh, <laughs> January. See. So I think we'll just need to let it play out. It's I don't think there's any rush for it because of the, we've got the the fee there. So I think if we'll see how he gets on the rest of the season, but if he keeps this up to have him, Hatati, McGregor, and O'Reilly. We need four or five good midfielders and he's going to be one of them, but he needs to keep this up. I don't know if anyone has ever properly discussed, ever really properly defined what the scalping threshold is because it's not mm. one goal. It's definitely no. not one goal. That simply puts you in there with your Badir El Kaduri, uh, stuff like that. That, that That's all your that does nailers. for you. Yeah. <laughs> your lean Heller. So I, I wonder what the, what, the, what the absolute, what the threshold is to be, More to than be labeled three. it. Aye, I'd suggest there so. need to be a winning goal in there as well I'd say. yeah that, that's very true so I Bernardo think, uh, the thing about Bernardo though Stephen is that what I've seen from him in the flashes that I've seen from him I've been impressed yeah it's, it's particularly recently he's impressed me in some of the Champions League games as well but just strangely he wasn't getting picked because Brendan was having a bit of a brain fart with his <laughs> with his selections and he couldn't yeah. really decide himself who he wanted when he wanted them and Bernardo was in this strange position where he was only getting picked for the most difficult games and then the sort of stuff that you would consider easier but the stuff that was tripping us up he was nowhere to be seen yeah and even when Bernardo was being picked for domestic games he I think to, he sort of struggled to imprint himself on the games and he was failing to display any sort of standout attributes that made him stand out as like a, a must sign or even a must pick. He, he just mm-hmm. came across as one of these midfielders that comes in and sort of floats through games, never really properly getting forward, never really properly being defensive. I, I likened them to like a like a Massimo Donati or a Mark Crosas, a nice enough yeah. tidy player and all that, but never really took hold of the game or anything like that that is until the last three games where his talent is there for all to see and the thing is though when we said like, we let's get Bernardo signed we put out a, a YouTube clip saying it's time just, just get it done but the problem with that is a lot of people go back to us and said they totally agree just get the deal done whatever it is get, pay, it, pay it double it whatever um, after the Rangers game but a lot of people were saying right Relax, guys. Come on. And it did make me think, aye, we were in that kind of post-Darby haze. I think what mm. we were doing there, a, a Darby is kind of the equivalent of when you're like on something at the arches or something. Like. You're making, another one. goal. You're making these uh, like grand plans. That you, you and your pals are starting businesses together and you're going to go away travelling and you're all going to move in together. And then tomorrow morning you wake up and think, what was I agreeing to last night? And then people always like, I, I paid six million quid for Paolo <laughs> Bernardo after a goal in a, in a Derby. So I, I suppose that, that it was ish, worth issuing a, a slight calm down. But the thing well, is, I think we need to get out of the... Out of the idea that five, if if it truly is five million, several, uh, well, there's, several there's fees a lot of rumours going about, isn't yeah. there? That it's 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 as little as two, two and a half now. Uh, well, well, even even if it is four or five million, uh, a few people said this. I would I, I would love them, but not at five million. I would maybe pay four, and I'm just like, well, is this just the going rate for uh, what a good player? Like, this is the purpose of a loan like that. David Turnbull, more or less. Well, I I suppose so. I, I, given inflation and all that, mm. um, or whatever that works. But uh, if if that's just the going rate for a good player who's going to improve your team, 
then I, I can't really see the problem with it. I know that in Scotland we still think of that as a lot of money, and in Scotland it is, but in a in a European sense it's absolutely nothing. If we want players who can truly kick us on at a certain level, then we're not going to get it for two million quid. We've tried that so is, many times, and that's the difference. Like the point I was making about the David Turnbull thing, like four, the difference of four million and five million about between a player is it's, it's nothing. You don't yeah, get no. a much better player paying a million pound extra. No, no, no definitely not. No. And, and, and you're not. And what you, what realistic? What are Celtic going to do with the million they saved? <laughs> probably, another probably, three players. <laughs> I know. Probably not much. Just get it spent. So I think. For me, I think Melly, I think you're right there. Just you need to sort of give it. There's no rush. There's we've got them on loan at the end of the season. I think if Celtic are panicking in the January window and they can't get any signings through, then maybe they might just get that one over the line just to get something up on the socials. We've signed first signing of the January window. It's it's Bernardo next up new contract for Liam Scales. Yeah. But I think um, I get. I, I would give it the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, and see where we are with Bernardo. But I'd have no beef at all now. Seeing what I've seen from Bernardo. If we had signed him in the summer, if we had just been out and paid four or five million quid for the guy and seen what I'd seen so far, I'd, I wouldn't really have much of an issue with it. No, because it would be one of those ones as well where we'd, yes, it would have been panic stations. If we'd paid five million quid in August, straight, and he comes in and it takes him until December to truly mm. establish himself, there will have been a lot of questions asked and absolute panic. But then you get over that hump and you're looking back on it thinking, well, well he was just settling. He was just settling in. We need to give yeah. these people time to adjust and all that and, and everything would calm down if he's going in there and scoring against Rangers and, and being man of the match and setting up a couple of goals in recent games as well. So I, I, I think that's... It's. I, I'm comfortable with it just now. I think I, I, overall I agree. Just let's just see how it goes until the end of the season. There's no need to jump the gun on these things just because he's had a a few brilliant weeks. I, th- I think we can calm down on it for now. But yes, is, uh, is the is answer that, is that an official TMT calm down? Is that an official wait and see? <laughs> it's a calm down. But on this current trajectory, if we can keep this up, if we can play like that and more. You know, a little bit more consistency I think it's a no-brainer you just get a guy like that signed because what do we do if we don't if we say well, five million is too much do we spend another two years trying to find a guy who is kind of as good as Paolo Bernardo mm. signing guys from maybe career and what that is it's well, kind of an endless cycle really well that's, well that's another thing I was going to come on to you know with Bernardo we have a known quantity here yeah. that we could go out and spend the money on do you take that five million and risk it on someone else because we know what Celtic's track record's been like so far <laughs> yeah I mean, for me, I'm yeah. just like, sign the guy, it's a safe bet. We know we've got him, we've got a deal agreed, we're not going to mess about. There's so much that can go wrong with Celtic and transfer business at the moment. Talent ID seems to be in the toilet for the most part. <laughs> and, then when, and then when it comes to actually negotiating deals, players slip through our fingers left, right and centre and we're negotiating and quibbling on money. So the Bernardo deal was already sort of pre-packaged, ready to go and he's an own quantity. So from that respect, I think there's a... Strong impetus for me to say, just you know, get the deal done. Not maybe not in January. There's no need to do that. But if he's still performing well in sort of March, February, April time, yeah. or February, March, April time, even, <laughs> um, I, I would be inclined to get it done. I suppose the other danger is that, despite the fact Celtic have got an agreement in place, if he gets even better, then it quickly becomes out of Celtic's hands because. Like, uh, it all it's hinges on. Agree. Uh, it's all down to him to agree. Eventually, if Celtic all that, we sh- we should have signed this guy in January. If like. West Ham and all that are coming well, in for the him most because Celtic he's been thing. That's, in fact uh, that is the most Celtic outcome isn't it the most <laughs> yeah. Celtic outcome is this guy performs brilliantly starts attracting interest from the likes of like West Ham Fulham some Premier League club, Midland Premier League clubs and immediately we're just not in the conversation anymore yeah next up we have a question here um, let me just bring my little graphic up 
Greg Taylor, does Greg Taylor receive more criticism for subpar performances than Alistair Johnson purely because he's Scottish? Martin Melly. Uh, I think I think there could be something in that, to be honest. I think because Alistair Johnston has been signed and he, we didn't have any previous with him, then we instantly think he's better. But I think when we signed Alistair Johnston, he was a better player than Greg Taylor was when he signed. So it's quite difficult to really specify. But I think there is something in that. I think Greg Taylor's just one of these guys who it's always just going to be that guy that you always think you can do better. And look, I think that's always going to be the case. That doesn't mean he's a bad player or he has been a bad player for Celtic, but I think you can go out and get a better player than Greg Taylor. But Celtic just don't seem to be able to do it. And I, I, I see, a, I see a pattern emerging every time we're discussing a player. We're like nervous, aren't we? We're like, you, I mean, in theory, you should be able to go out and get a better player than Greg Taylor, well, but we don't trust Celtic to do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, in theory, we could yeah. take our time in Barado, but we don't trust Celtic to do it. And I think like it's, it's the same thing. Like Celtic brought in Greg Taylor on deadline day. All right, Greg Taylor is not a guy you go out and get on deadline day. You could have got him in the 1st of June if that's the guy you wanted. He was brought in because other targets fell through. Apparently it was Aaron Cresswell, Celtic were trying to get the time. So Celtic have always been trying to get somebody better, but we've seen it's not easy. Players have come in since Greg Taylor's come in and he's been the one that's held it down. Even when he was there at first, it was Bowling Goalie, Hayes and Taylor. Taylor didn't hold down the place until Ange came in, really. He was he was there playing in that 3-5-2 formation. Ange came in and sort of changed his game a bit and he's shone in that role. But I still think for going forward, goalkeeper, left-back... Uh, right winger to three positions that Celtic have to get better in that doesn't mean Greg Taylor's a bad player he's been good he's been consistent for Celtic but he simply can't do what some managers want him to do and not every manager plays inverted fullbacks so we need somebody that can do more than that Stephen I've, I was having to look back some old thumbnails from the TMT archives on YouTube there uh, yesterday and we had one last season called the 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 caption on it was Greg Taylor MVP question oh, right, mark okay. yeah I I mean look I think last season at points last season Greg Taylor was absolutely excellent I think he was at the heart of a lot of good things that Celtic were doing scoring and goals scoring goals yeah he scored quite recently as well against uh, Dundee St Mirren it was so I I mean he's he's still doing that on occasion but for whatever reason Greg Taylor. And I, I don't really know the reasons why. I think maybe the unfashionable Scottishness of a player like that maybe does hold people back. Do you think there's back? anything in the, the, sort of, the difference in quality? I mean, has Greg Taylor and Alistair Johnson, has one been much better than the other? No. I think the sort well, of, I'd, I, I'd, I think, and I think that's what, what, what the, the questioner's getting at. I think it's like, both of these players have been performing almost identical, but Greg Taylor gets pounded every single week and AJ is just like, his performances up until recently have been relatively uncriticised uh, I think there's there's something in it and what Melly says is right as well about how I think first impressions matter a lot when it comes to fan bases so the other example we've often used is Carl Starfield who mm. never really seemed that's not true it's not that he never shook it off but for a certain element there was always that lack of trust in Carl Sturfield because of the bad start he had. There was always that still people calling him a bomb scare despite the fact that his record with Carter Vickers is absolutely ridiculous and they'd never lost games together. They just they just didn't do it. But there was always that that hint of a I but he's good until he's no. It's going to happen any minute. It's all going to blow up in our faces. So there was that wee bit of kind of mistrust in them 
in Carl Starfield. It's less true to say that of Greg Taylor, but I think maybe it's just been that kind of thing where he failed to establish himself. You think about his first season, it was Bowling Goalie. So Bowling Goalie mm. was the other guy there. Eventually, both of them lost their place, and it was Johnny Hayes that took over. So Greg Taylor wasn't really featuring all that much in his first season. When he did, he was just okay. That is against the backdrop of having to replace Kieran Tierney. How do you do that? In Scotland, how do you do that? Is there any kind of signing from Kilmarnock? How do you replace Keenan Tierney? So maybe that has set up Greg Taylor for a lot of hard work ahead of him to try and convince people. And maybe that never happened for some people. And that's what leads them to get criticised when Alistair Johnson, I think, is probably an element of, one, the shiny new toy that comes mm -hmm. in. We always love New saying is coming to the club. To Alistair Johnson, a very likable guy, a very likable guy, and his his approach, his his demeanour on the pitch is such that fans really buy into that kind of thing, you know. And that that's that's obvious that he's a total warrior out there. But in terms of performance, I think Greg Taylor, for whatever reason, doesn't seem to carry that trust with him, despite the fact they had two absolutely brilliant seasons there. It's always a kind of Aye, but it's a bit to go wrong for Greg Taylor. Yeah, I feel I feel bad for Greg Taylor yeah. on that. I really do because I, I'm guilty of it as well. But no matter what Greg Taylor does, no matter how good he performs one week to the next, his head's always on that chopping block, isn't it? Yeah. We're always yeah. like that way. Oh, oh, you, you, you dodged, <laughs> you dodged the guillotine yeah. this time, young man. But it's coming for you next. <laughs> I think the the European games play a part in that, don't they? Because it seems to be MD yeah. with a bit of pace and power just breezes past him, and it's like, mm. that's the one thing he's Bodo not. Glimt was a bad one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah get, that's get one thing. thing he's not going to be able to do anything about. It's just it's just genetics in it, as Gordon Stratton would say. So yeah. I think yeah. that's a thing, but. If Look, he looks fine in Scotland. That's fine, but again, we are wanting better than that. We're wanting to progress further than that. So, I'm I'm not against having Greg Taylor in the squad. He's good, a good player, but I still think to push on Celtic need to go for somebody better. But I suppose just to sort of put a bow on it. So you agree with the questioner there? You agree that yes, sort of he get Alistair Johnson sort of is maybe is he due equal criticism this season than Greg Taylor? <laughs> Well, I think we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, the, or last week rather, after the Rangers game. Alistair Johnson was dreadful. It was yeah. absolutely terrible. I think if Greg Taylor had done that, and, and Greg Taylor ha has been capable of that in the past, some woeful fullback performances against Rangers haven't been forgotten about. Juranovic, a left back, was another one. Remember, remember that absolute mm -hmm. disaster he had. So I, I think Alistair Johnson has had bad games this season. I think he was quite exposed in Europe, similar to Greg Taylor has. But I suppose that feeds into the point as well. It doesn't really follow Alistair Johnson around as much as it does Greg Taylor. But there are probably countless reasons for that. I don't know exactly what it is. But on the question itself, is it because he came from Kilmarnock? Maybe. It could play into these things. There's and always probably a bit does. of that, isn't there? There's, yeah. there's really always a bit of that. They're just, just always... less fashionable. And I don't know why, because as far as footballing heritage goes, you know, Scottish football and Kilmarnock are leagues ahead of... <laughs> Where did we get Montreal? Uh, Montreal. But the, Can the Canadian League. So you would expect the guy from Canada to be treated with a bit more suspicion than the guy from Kilmarnock, but it's just it's just not the case. So many people watching this going like, I bet he was he was at Rangers as a kid as well, Greg Taylor. So that's another. <laughs> do you think that plays? Do you think black it, black I don't know if that plays. Do you think that plays into it for some people? I don't. I uh, rarely remember that to be honest. No, I, I, I think it does. I'm sure there's like a very very slight minority that sort of. That just can't wait to get rid of them. They want the club rid of. They don't want any Rangers 
I probably hate Mark. Scott Brown. <laughs> <laughs> aye, aye. Well, no, he has he, a Rangers. He never won me over. Yeah, no, he never won me over. <laughs> right, next up. Do you think Celtic's recent improvement in form will continue after the winter break? Do you think it depends if we strengthen or not? That's from Kieran Fallon. Um, yeah, the the upturn in performance, Stephen, that you said was much needed. Yeah, from Celtic, that's what you wanted to see. It, it, there's no real, um, there's no getting away from it. For us to win the league, it needs it needs to continue. What we saw before the winter break simply can't continue. No, no. I mean, we've seen it a few times this season. I think we addressed this on the our most recent flagship episode in that. Whenever Celtic have been presented the opportunity to kick on and get better and put a bit of momentum together, it's it hasn't happened for whatever reason. There have been really good performances in there. Rangers was one. And that little run between the Hearts game and now, the January break, was very good. Very good. I mean, I going into that, I thought I'd bite your hand off of 10 points in any in any order, whatever it is, 10 points out of these four games, we that's about the maximum we can expect and the minimum we should we should mm. demand here. So we go and get twelve points. I think we only conceded one goal and it was the free kick. I think yes. that's off the top of my head. So that that was really excellent. In some ways, I suppose you could make the case that the January break has come at the worst time and the best time because it's the best time and that confidence is probably up. And what we're going to do is add players to that. So hopefully, mm. then that can kick us on for the rest of the season. But that's a, the counter to that would be that, yes, but it has come in during Celtic's best run of form that they've put together all season. So do I think it will continue? Uh, it's, it's really hard to say. Just now, I don't, I, I don't want to sit on the fence in that. It's just that uh, the pattern this season has been good result, dip off, good result, dip mm. off, good result, dip off. So I'm hoping that we can actually do a bit of business in this January window get players that can come in and hit the ground running I mean there's been, lots but, of questions about the January yeah. window coming up oh good right so but, but there's so many questions there I mean you have to adjust you have to bring in players what we all want what everyone's demanding is players to come in and go straight into the first 11 that is that is a demand that everyone's making none of this squad filler stuff that we've including the manager yeah exactly but with that comes the risk that they go get thrown straight into the first 11, three, four brand new players to go straight into the first 11 and improve it. But they all better hit the ground running as well and to continue this form. So it's not as quite as easy as just continuing the form. There are there are obstacles there. But as we've said before, tough shit now. The, 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 the yeah. time is up. The, the, the bad run, that little bit of inconsistency that we've seen all season has to be up now. In order to win leagues, you need to go on big winning runs and Celtic need to do that now. There's no doubt about it, Melian, but Celtic really need to get the act together in the second half of the season. Yeah, look, I think we, we did get the act together there. I think we got the, the big wake-up call we needed. I think this season's been it's been difficult, to be honest. I think the Celtic never could quite get on a run because we had those Champions League games in there and you'd be winning games, you'd be dent of confidence. The injuries as well, I think... A lot of the time this happens, Stephen mentioned it recently, like if you look back to Andrew's first like five months or whatever it is up to the January break, the lineups were wild, the teams were wild, it just mm. everything seemed to settle down after that. And with us out of Europe, I think we'll maybe only have a few midweek games now, so it's not it's not like we're playing every week and that gives Celtic more time in the training field. But the crucial thing for me is in these four games we've just seen just before the break since the Hearts game, Celtic barely conceded a chance. 
They barely yeah. looked like letting in goals. But the most pleasing thing for me culminating in the St Mirren game was we started doing absolutely everything I want Celtic to do and that's fast start, Chris passing straight out of the defence into midfield, getting at players and crucially, when a player passed the ball, there was runs off him. So we seen mm. Taylor, we seen Johnston moving inside if the winger went on the outside. Bernardo was getting in a positions that he wasn't getting into previously. Matt O'Reilly was just doing Matt O'Reilly. But guys like Greg Taylor were popping up for goals because they were making Lucky runs. Yeah. <laughs> Look at him, please. So guys like Greg Taylor were even Jeez. getting goals towards the end because they were making runs in there. And that's what wasn't happening before. It was all too passive. It was all too, I've made my pass now, so I don't need to do anything after that. But I think they must have get torn, torn apart in there and say, look, you are all playing for your positions now because there's nobody there that wasn't replaceable after that Hearts game apart from the, the guys that have been doing it all season. And everybody that's come back in is really up to it. And I think with a badder back and... I know Hatati's away, but those two back plus a couple of new signings in, it gives us options we simply didn't have. We can't. How do you be... rate our chances, Melee? Say, say, the, say the January transfer window's a flop. Right. Right. We we bring players in. Well, we don't bring any players in as option A. We bring players in and they're not good enough to improve the first team, a.k.a. start. Uh, in other words, a repeat of what we saw in, in the summer. How do you rate our chances for the league if that was to happen? So that the, this this quality coming in, these players to start, how do you rate our chances for the league should that not occur? Uh, at best, 50-50. Uh, mm. Because I think, despite the win over Rangers, I think that's fine, but it's not those games we've really struggled in, to be honest. It's the ones that breaking teams down. But if we play like we did against St Mirren, Dundee, Livingston and Rangers, we'll be fine. But at the same time, we need to have options. We got those games won, but as soon as players came on the park, like the Rangers game, the quality dipped off, and that's where we need a hand right now. The starting 11 is all right. We need a couple of players to come in. So if Celtic play roulette with this league, I think they'll lose it because it's not Michael Beal we're up against anymore. Clement for his... The performance in the derby wasn't great for me from them. Nothing was really different, but he's winning the other games and I think mm. Rangers will do that. So I'm expecting... Well, I'm just going to think Rangers are going to do well because that's what they've done. They've won, lost one game under them. So if they continue in that form and Celtic continue on their form, they're in better form than us. So I think Celtic need to, need to strengthen here and they need to get the players that the manager wants. It's funny, Stephen, I've seen a lot of this sort of where people transpose the first half of the, the, the transfer, the first half of the, the season onto the second half for both Celtic and Rangers and going, well, if the league plays out in the way it already has done, then Celtic will be clear winners. And, and to that, I always raise Melly's point. No, no, because what, what Rangers did was a couple of games and they got rid of the old manager and brought in a new one. So what you need to do is you need to take what Clement's doing, what yeah. Clement's doing... Clement, what you need to do is what he's doing and transpose that form to the end of the season versus yeah. Brendan and see who comes out on top. And the unfortunate thing is, it's probably Rangers. Yeah, well, I think uh, that's why we said going into the Rangers game, it was a completely different challenge to the Michael Beale thing because you know, they, it'd be foolish of us to ignore the fact that they had a major problem and they cut it out. They just cut mm. it out. They didn't let it drag on for months and months. How's like, he getting first... on at Sunderland? Well, it's funny, <laughs> I, I, just as Melo was talking about Michael Beale. Uh, I was listening to Totally Football this morning. They were talking about the derby, the tiny weird derby that get gubbed off Newcastle. And they were saying, well, that's fine because you know, Newcastle are you know, technically the richest club in the world, depending on their ownership. But they've got so many injuries. They've had an absolute mm. injury crisis for months now and they're struggling to put teams out. 
but they were talking about how it was a bit, all a bit pathetic from Sunderland. They, they, <laughs> they didn't really, they didn't perform well. They didn't really get it. So it's not going to last. No, no. and the, the, I can't remember who the contributor was, but it's a, it's like it's an English football podcast, so it's not like it's not like there's any sort of Celtic bent to it. So. Uh, I, the, the guy said I just don't get it with Michael Beale I don't get who he is I don't really get him as a manager I don't know why they appointed him I think they get rid of a really popular manager in Tony Mowbray and replaced him with this guy and I don't really know where they're going did so you hear about his comments lovely. on the crowd though did you hear what Beale said about the about the, the odd about the crowds uh, and the, yeah, in the stands yeah. about how you know it's a proper derby that's, there's fans from either side in some some chairmen don't like that. Some boards don't like that. I don't really go for that. So he was having a wee pop at the Rangers board. Could have spoke up while he was at the club, obviously, but <laughs> yeah. he, decided, he decided not to. He's not kind of wee mention of the fact that he, t- he coached in Brazil again, right? So he, mm. he, he mentioned that. He said, I've done it in Glasgow and in Brazil. See, when you actually, I didn't never, I never really looked into it before, but uh, was it I, heard work him, experience? <laughs> I heard him. I heard him say that. And he was, he was like an assistant coach or something like under. Uh, so under someone and they get kicked out after about three months because they were all absolutely <laughs> terrible so you can still stick it in the CV mate oh, okay <laughs> yeah small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Next up. Oh, do you think Scales deserves a big, fat new contract? And what are your thoughts on the Scott McKenna rumours? Fergus says, in my opinion, McKenna isn't good enough. Well, nailing his colours to the mast there. No to McKenna, yes to, to Liam Scales there. Is that what you're saying? Uh, uh, no is my answer to the Liam Scales thing. And it's mm. not for the reasons you might think. It's not just a case of, do you like Liam Scales, give him a contract? Do you not like Liam Scales, then don't give him a contract? I think it's more complicated than that. I think Celtic, in recent years, have been guilty of 
given out sentimental contracts that everyone's okay with at the time, but then they lead to problems down the road. I don't mm-hmm. think that's the case with Liam Scales. I think he's he's not like a he's not like a Scott Brown or James Forrest where the the contract later becomes a little bit troublesome and that they've kind of given it beyond their their use at the club. But Liam Scales, I just he's twenty five now, one of the oldest defenders in the squad, and while. He deserves recognition for his performances this season. That's absolutely beyond doubt. I don't know what the use of it is to the club because he's already on another season after this one. So he's got yep. another another yeah, season and a half. Or so. so a season and a half left on his current contract. At that point, he will be, what, 26, about to be 27. Is, is that really worth persevering with? So if you extend it now... Do we really need a 29, 30-year-old lame scales about the, the squad? Well, it's not a no, we it's not a hard no. We're not rushing to give Bernardo yeah. a deal and he's on the up. Why don't we just wait? My position would be a bit like you, Steve. We don't need to give a, a retirement plan to... Look, Liam Scales has been fantastic for Celtic. There's no doubt about it. The guy's been fantastic. He's proved everybody wrong, including us, including me. Every time we think he's going to slip up, he doesn't. He's faced every single challenge that's come his way and he's put in the performances heroic performances as we've said in previous podcasts that guy will put his head where some players won't put their feet and he does it all in the name of the cause and and look you can't ask for any more no is that a golden handshake for and the reason it makes me nervous is because Celtic don't do two year extension or a year extension for Liam Scales on better money Celtic do five year deals and they pass them out like sweeties so uh, the the worry is as we've seen with Lagerby Elk already He's free to go in January window. The only club he's linked with at the moment is Lecce, who want him on loan. Why do they yeah. want him on loan? Because he's on a massive deal at Celtic and they'll not get that money anywhere else. So yeah. I don't know if you necessarily want to get into the Liam Scales five-year commitment. Would I be happy with Liam Scales getting another year on his deal, so May 2026 and doubling his wages? Sure. Oh, absolutely. He deserves it. Yeah. He, he deserves a wage rise. Absolutely deserves a wage rise, the guy. Because his performances from when he joined to now... Warrant it So yeah. the guy deserves a wage rise Does he deserve a five year deal That Celtic just love giving out Nah We, yeah. we don't need to Pay off Liam Scales For the rest of his life Just make him a very rich guy And a, a year extension Perfect Double yeah. his money Perfect So I want to tidy that uh, my point up Just before I, I move on And um, let Melly speak I'm, I'm going to let you speak Melly but <laughs> just, to, to, just, just to be absolutely clear About what I, I foresee Happening in the future With Liam Scales Is that everyone is keen to do this Just now well, Not everyone But the, the point comes up And you know people are quite keen to do it But keen to give him a contract At this juncture So he's playing very very well Has made the place ab- The place in the team Absolutely mm. his own No one has budged them all season We've got so much competition in there we've had an astonishing number of centre-halves have taken part this season I think it's seven because Starfelt mm. played against Ross County at the start of the season so we've used seven centre-halves so far and that's not even mentioning Kobayashi who's also on a five-year contract by the way him, Kwon, Yang they're all on five-year contracts and, and just to interject slightly Stephen all the talk is about a new long-term contract for Liam Scales it's not about more money all the chat is yeah. Celtic to reward Liam Scales with a new long-term contract. Yeah, but it's, but it's to me again. I just I just want to be clear about my my motivations for saying no on it. It's it's not really about the here and now because I I think he deserves recognition for that and a wage rise absolutely. But here's here's what I see happening going forward. What if it doesn't look like it just now? But for just for a, the sake of discussion, what if Navrotsky works out long term? Right? What if he suddenly becomes more and more established? He becomes the player that we signed, right? It doesn't look like it at the moment. He might be off in January just like Lagerbielk. It remains to be seen. He has been okay recently. But what if 
even if it's not him, if it's someone else that comes in, say we sign Scott McKenna, and we'll come on to the, the second part, say we sign Scott McKenna, then we've got Liam Scales on a five-year contract and he's still hovering about the squad like Stephen Welsh is when he's 29, 30, 31, barely playing. Is is that worth is that worth doing at this moment in time? Is Again, it worth it for Liam Scales? No, I, well, maybe is. I mean, I mean, maybe he's perfectly happy with his with his lot here, and he's, he's contributing to the the club. I, I believe he supported. So th- that that to me, that's my opinion on it. Is that we don't need to go rushing into it. See if it come the end of this season when he's in his last year of his contract, and it's just undeniable. No one's going to get past Liam Scales because he's been absolutely brilliant, and that's possible. Then maybe, but. Two or three years maximum. Just relax on it. I've been a bit, a bit fed up with Celtics flinging a round of contracts because it, you can't have it both ways. We can't sort of complain about the size of the bloated squad and we collect too much mediocrity in the squad. I'm not saying that's what Liam Scales is, but also celebrate the handing out of very, very long contracts to players who haven't proven themselves. That's can again, that's not what Liam Scales ch- is. Can you just give my bunk? There's a million quid. <laughs> yeah. You can get it. Brown in oh, just... go buy your mo- go buy your mom's a house. <laughs> it's giving him in a briefcase. Send them, send them golfing with DJ Khaled. Melly, I've got okay, I can give you three seconds on this because of how much me and Stephen have spoken. Uh, I think I'd have been the same as you guys, but recently I, I just can't deny Liam Scales now. And I'm looking at Liam Scales, he's 25 years old, left sided centre halves. They come at a premium, don't they? So are yeah. Celtic sort of protecting an asset here now because it look at before a while ago I would have said, look, why give Liam Scales a contract? Because you're never going to sell Liam Scales; you're going to be stuck with him. But Celtic are scouting around for players all the time. Then surely other teams will be scouting around and going, look, here's a left-sided centre half, international footballer. Uh, he's played in the Champions League six games. There you go, and he's played Pep well. Loves a left sided centre half as well. You never know. We're going to get gazumped. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's got to the point now where he's pretty undeniable for me. Anyway, Cameron Carter Vickers has had a lot of injuries this season. This season, yeah. Stephen Welsh. Uh, I don't think he's injury prone, but he seems to get injured all the time. And I'm saying that because <laughs> yeah. he's because he's always different in- injuries. Yeah. yeah, it was a, it was a shoulder thing that it can't that can't be helped. So it seems to be every time he gets a chance, something happens to him. Navrotsky might be good or might not, but Brendan Rodgers simply hasn't fancied him. And Lager Bielka's on the way out. So if Celtic are looking at what good centre halves they have right now, it's Carter Vickers and Scales. So I think you'd want to protect that for me, and I think the guy has earned it. But at the same time. Don't be dishing out five-year ones. Because I, I get, and I other, think other lengths of contracts do exist. <laughs> they, do, they are available. Free years yeah. free-year contracts. It's up to you what you give them. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think I think we'll if give he, you another year with more money. I've heard of that in football. Yeah. I think yeah. I've heard Celtic do it as well. I, I don't, I don't necessarily it. think that. I don't think you can do that, but I think it's three to five years because if they, if you offer that to Liam Scales, he's well within his rights to go, no, I'm a first-team player here. I've played pretty much every game this season. I've never I've barely let you down and I've performed. You need to reward me with something. That's it's, true. It's, it's my career as well. But at the same time, Liam Scales has recently got himself, himself into the Ireland squad. From what I hear, that means a lot to him and he'll want to be in that. And I think he himself said to somebody realises he'll be on Celtic money which will make it difficult if he was to fall out the team but I think 
I think he's warranted his extension now. Like you, I don't want it to be a five-year one because I think, like us giving it to Matt O'Reilly, Hatati, Kyogo, and all these big contracts going brilliant. And then we go, oh, by the way, we've given a badder one as well. You're like, why? Mm, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? It just doesn't make sense. With Liam Scales, I'd give him a new deal, but I wouldn't give him a five-year deal. Okay, listen, we'll need to make this a five-year podcast if we're going to to take as long as we are through these questions. We are on question number five. There are 14 in total. We'll see how many we get through. But if we speed up, we've got a better chance of getting through them. And here's here's the next one. What's had the most catastrophic impact, asked Paul McNally, on our stuttering season so far? The summer signings or our horrendous injuries? I feel that injuries to key players have played a huge part. Melee. Both. Okay. Pick, <laughs> uh, I pick both. It's a difficult <laughs> one. I think I would I would go with the signings because I think with with Celtic the squad we have is decent enough and I think if we had brought in decent signings we wouldn't have felt the impact of the big players going out as much. So if we had brought in a decent Decent wingers, then Yang wouldn't have had to play as much. Mikey Johnston wouldn't have had to play as much. James Forrest wouldn't have had to play as much. The fact that we brought in all these wingers and Palmer's come in and been decent, it's no good enough. I think as well, Cameron Carter-Vickers got injured and Celtic brought in three centre-halves and Liam Scales was the preferred one and when, when fit, Stephen Welsh was the preferred one. So I think on that as well, that hasn't helped. And look, Celtic needed to improve a few positions in the summer left back and goalkeeper and we brought in neither so it's not good enough so I think if we had brought in decent players in other areas it would have helped the players that were playing or we wouldn't have felt the injuries as much uh, Oddly Stephen I don't think the injuries have played that, that big a part I mean Carter Vickers no. is a huge loss but as Melly said Scales has stepped in the other guys obviously have filled in haven't been that great but Hatati. Yeah, Hatati's obviously a big loss but when we lost him he was nearly up to speed now that's a bit of a you can't really make that comparison because that was that was to would suggest that in all of those games he would never ever get back up to speed. Yeah. You know, it might just be a case of that he needed a few games to get get into the groove with Brenda's new style and all that sort of stuff. So Hatati is the biggest loss for me, but I don't think that's I don't think the injuries can be blamed for a stutter season. I think a manager struggling with the with the team that he had. I think I think mm. that that transition period that Brendan had with the team, I think that caused a lot of problems. But I think the overall quality of the squad and the lack of good players coming in probably caused it the most. Ah, look, it's, it's a much broader issue that I won't drag us into, but not improving the team in any meaningful way was garbage. It really was, looking back. <laughs> I just, Unheard of. I, I just unforgivable, to be honest. Palmer, I, Bernardo, now in the last three weeks, and that's it, really. I suppose there is a parallel universe where... Mike Navrotsky is more of an established player by now had he not get injured right because there was that centre half crisis at the start of the season where I think Carter Vickers Welsh uh, Navrotsky was injured so was like there were four I can't remember Star who Phillips it was, was injured when he Star- arrived Starfield of course right so Navrotsky comes in plays a couple of games sorry I just want you to put some respect on Nat Phillips' name yeah Nat Phillips was injured when he arrived and he's now yeah. way back home that's right. Oh, he came in. He came in as the emergency loan and wasn't yep. fit enough to yep. play for four weeks or something. Brilliant. So there is an alternative universe where Navrotsky is more of an established player by now. Had it not been for the injuries, 
But so what? I mean, does that improve anything really? Because that just means you don't have Liam Scales this whole time, oh, getting man yeah. of the match in every second game and playing in Europe and being brilliant <laughs> against Rangers and that. So I don't know if you can necessarily, like you, I don't know if you can necessarily make the case that these players being injured have really affected much. Of course, you want to have as many players available as possible to, to select from, but I just don't think any of these players would have made a significant impact. And Navrotsky's yeah. been fit for ages now and hasn't really mm. been fancied. Atati, yes. Abada, to an extent, because you know that he can pop up with goals. He always has. But would he be featuring as much? Would he... He was always a wee... In his second season under Angie, he was a wee bit of a bit part player towards the yeah. end. So I, so I don't think he would have been all that big a deal. But again, you want him available rather than not. But Hatati's been a big one, to be honest. I think I think we would have been much better with Real Hatati um, in a more consistent basis uh, throughout this season, yeah. Just before we move on, I think when we look at the three big players Celtic lost, Starfelt, Jota and Moy, Navrotsky's not been better than Starfelt, Palma's not been better than Jota and so far Bernardo's not been better than Moy, has he? So we're weaker so the players yeah. coming in have they been as good and then we sign six other ones that are crap so <laughs> beautifully put and it's funny you mention that I don't know if you guys can see the questions coming up I don't think so but no. the next question is very apt oh. is Lewis Palmer any better oh. than Hack Sabanovic oh. so forget Jota it's about Asks it's about Hackles Stephen Henderson um, interesting point there because I I'm starting to think that Lewis Palmer was a it's him or nothing style transfer we'll go, might as well go and get him because We've, we can't get MDLs through the door or we're missing out on our targets. He's been okay. It's a strange one, though, and it's a question I've never really heard asked about Celtic players because if Brendan's hand was somewhat forced to play Palma it, for the simple fact that there's nobody else really good enough to play that side, but doesn't necessarily mean that Palma's his first choice, had Haxabanovic still been at the club and he was forced to play him in the same way that he's forced to play Palma, Stephen? Do you think there's much difference in, in the players? I mean, numbers-wise, I think Palma's contributing a lot more than Haxabanovic Probably. did. Probably, I think... Numbers-wise, but I always thought Haxabanovic looked good. He always yeah. looked like a good player when he came on. Trouble starting games, looked a lot better off the bench. I think with Haxabanovic, the issues were sort of more about training, mentality mm. and standards that he, and all that sort of stuff at training rather than anything he did on the pitch. I think he was a bit of a show pony, but again, you could... Melly has levelled that at, at, at Lewis Palmer. Yeah, I, I think that what you're probably dealing with across most of, if not all, of Celtic's wingers is that it, it tends to be more about the level of, level of frustration that you're comfortable with. <laughs> you yeah. pick basically, they're all they're all frustrating in some way or another. And Haxabanovic and Palmer are absolutely no different. So it depends depends what you want to get annoyed about whether you want one player or the next. Because I think Palmer's numbers have been better. I think Palmer's got about six or seven goals this season. I think Haxabanovic probably only got five in total in his, mm. his Celtic time. Those, they tended to be big goals though. They tended to be important goals. Haxabanovic Impress, scored. Some impressive goals in there as well. Not even so much like against Rangers or he should have done better against Rangers actually. As soon as I said that, I get flashbacks to him being clean through at Hamden <laughs> and screwing it wide um, <laughs> at least two occasions I think it was so it, it could have done better it's, but it's not so much that um, import, I don't say important goals as in they were like winners in the Champions League or against Rangers but when you look at the the games they scored in it tended to be if you took those goals away Celtic were getting a draw or a defeat or something like that it was a, a double against Hearts in midweek so mm. at, or no it, was, it wasn't a double he scored an absolute cracker and then he scored a brace at home against uh, someone yeah so uh, th there were moments for Haxabanovic, but Palma's had more of them, I think, so far. But again, it's just about 
take your choose your poison. What do you want to get annoyed about? Whether you want to um, goals in a bit of a, a bit of a show pony with Palmer or a quite classy, quite effective player in Haxabanovic, but doesn't do it anywhere near often enough. And you could apply that against all the wingers. They're all frustrating mm. to some degree yeah. or another. So is he better They're just than... not Jota, are they? <laughs> no, they're, they're just not. So is Haxabanovic better than Palmer or vice versa? Hard to say. I think I'll give him a season before I make that decision, but I, I would say he's much more of a goal threat than Haxabanovic as it stands. And he's played... It's maybe gone under the radar. He's played some lovely passes for goals mm. for Celtic. Yeah, it's not, it's not just saying ex-assist that he's had four assists, but that... That cross for O's goal at home, that lovely through ball for Bernardo's Bernardo, first goal. Yeah. I must be. say he's, he's improved in the past, you know, yeah. before the window, the last three or so games before we shut down, I thought Palmer sort of improved a wee bit. Yeah, I think I think Palmer can be coached as well. I think that it, it was clear that Haxabanovic had a, a bit of a problem with not being picked as much. I think that's basically what did for him. He, he made some sort of comment online about how he wasn't getting picked enough and basically about three days later he was gone. So I think Palmer... Now he's, now he's at Stoke not getting picked. It really is. Yeah, well, well there, there we go. There's we'll, a bit we'll of a pattern. We'll get back then, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I would say that Palmer is more likely to be able to coach into this team to be a more effective player rather than just sort of hanging about waiting for Haxabanovic to come up with these magical moments every so often. So probably, I, I don't... He's not markedly better than Haxabanovic, but I, I'm happy to be sticking with him rather than the other way around, to be honest. It's quite funny, midweek the Stoke manager was speaking about Ange, saying it's great having Ange in the league, you know, get to pick his brain about players like Haxa, you know, ask him how to get the best out of Haxabanovic. And I just thought to myself, Ange probably just said, don't play him, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do I get the best out of this guy? It's, you can't. Speaking, speaking of which, I've been, um, not to derail this too much, but I've been consuming a lot of Ange content recently again oh, because he's, great, he's, eh? he's all over the place and, uh, you know, sue me. Sue me. Still love the guy. Should I be punished for that? <laughs> but the, the thing the thing about um, being asked if he can picture trophies or oh. picture winning trophies, it just, it, it made me all warm inside because I thought to myself, we spend a lot of time criticising Scottish journalists and the shite that mm. Ange get asked when he was up here, but it just turns out everybody does it. Everybody just patronises the absolute shit out of Australian coaches, and then they just they just think that he's just doesn't he be there as if he he's never oh I never belonged here. I've just some just some normal Australian Locked guy that get fried basically. So uh, apparently everyone does it. It's not just us. Melee, Haxabanovic mm. or Lewis Palmer. Could Palmer do it in a cold and windy night in Stoke? <laughs> let me think. <laughs> I think. Um, I think Palma sh- uh, shades it for me. More than shades it, I think. I think he's come in, he's played most games, whereas Haxabanovic was in and out with Palma. Uh, despite him having many frustrations, I still expect him to walk off the pitch with a goal and an assist in a game. So I think he, not guarantees, but he is more of a threat, like Stephen said. And I think he is the kind of guy that, needs a coach like Brendan Rodgers who is going to be able to refine the, the small things about him and I, I think he needs guys like Cal McGregor and Matt O'Reilly alongside him telling him stop that stop the nonsense because <laughs> I think that a lot of the times he's trying to for me when I've seen him sort of at the games he's trying to pass the buck by doing a poor pass and then going to somebody and his teammates have been very quick to call him out for it so I think he he will learn quickly and I think he'll have to learn quickly because we can't go into next season going again needing another winger so I think there is still a lot to learn for him but I'd have uh, Palm over Haxabanovic every day it's like we're on you know if there's a spectrum between a badder 
and Jota. Palmer's kind of in the middle, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, He's kind of maybe even bang in the middle. Right, Mel, I'm going to come to you first in the next one because I've been, I've been a little unfair to you, I think. So here we go. Things took a dark turn after the Hearts defeat with chance of sack the board and talk of maybe sacking the manager from some fans. Was that an overreaction, said Griggs88? I have uh, reduced the size of some people's questions just to fix, fix them, just to get them fixed on these little place cards. So there was more to it, but that's the gist of it. Do you think that back a couple of weeks ago, Melly, do you think that was an overreaction? Uh, no, nah, I don't like I don't like telling people how they should think or feel. I don't think that's fair. You're entitled to react to a defeat however you want. But for me, I think anything about the manager being sacked, no, nah, I don't think so. But I can also understand that because at that time, at that point, we hadn't beat Rangers and we hadn't won three games in a row. Uh, the set for the second time we hadn't beat Rangers and then we hadn't won those four games in a row and within those four games we've seen the best performances domestically of the season for me anyway so no because it, it was crap to be honest it, it was, was terrible it was that terrible, was right? we beat Kilmarnock and then we beat Feyenoord in a dead rubber like aye great but we were out of the Champions League after four games we were out of Europe pretty much after four games as well so while I think the manager thing was a bit too a bit too quickly coming up. I don't think the board thing is because honestly, I don't see this club going anywhere with this board. And they can talk about how they're the best, one of the best run clubs in Europe, and I'm like, but you don't make an impact in Europe at all. You're absolutely nobody's in Europe. We are never the club that's having the big results, and I'm not having any of the crap that ah, it's difficult in that because look, all the stuff you've told us over the years, whether it be about transfers, whether it be about Europe, where whatever it is, it's all been blown out of the water over the last few years. Ange came in, told you to get players quickly, and he'd done it. He told us that January was a difficult window, yet under Ange we had three or four players signed within the first week or so. We're told, oh, it's difficult to make an impact in Europe, and the other club in the uh, city are going out and getting to Europa League finals. So I don't buy any of the nonsense they tell us. All of this stuff... Look, Celtic Celtic need a refresh in the, the boardroom. I think they need a refresh. We need fresh ideas and we need a direction because I don't really know what Celtic are. Yes, we'll hoover up Claire trophies domestically, but honestly, some of the times, what are we up against? I can't sit here and pan the league every week and say it's terrible and then say, oh, it's a tough league to win and all that because ultimately, it, it's not. It's not. Celtic need to have everything in order and they should win the league but that's not enough that's not enough for me I want European nights I want my team going out there and beating teams we've seen it this year every single time whether it be this year last season the Champions League we're two or three players away from this why? why? we've got money yeah. there to go and do it I think I mean I can't really disagree with anything Melly said Stephen I think the, the, the shortcomings of the board are clear and I think sack the board chance should pretty much be here to stay because the, the, we don't have short memories you know we've been doing this podcast now for 8 seasons or 8 years 8 seasons is it 9 seasons 8 years 9 seasons yeah and we've been going to Celtic games a lot longer than that and we've been you know online but the point I'm making is we've been across what's happening at Celtic for a long time and Celtic trying to be Celtic wanted to be Bodo Glimt or Copenhagen or we've wanted to be this team going back every single year it's just always been a different yeah, European team yeah. so we've had the 10 year project that we've never managed 
But you know, this season it's why can't we be like Copenhagen? Then a couple of years ago it's why can't we be Bodo Glimp? Then a couple of years before that it's like why can't we be Eintracht Frankfurt? Then yeah. a couple of years before it's like we always want to be the next thing. And nobody ever have... wants to be Celtic, do they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, they don't. But this board have have for years and years and years made out like that's the plan. Where we want to be one of these up and coming European teams. What show me then? Uh, because yeah. you've been what? Because you've all been more or less all of you. The same people have been there for decades now at least the last eight years or nine years that we've been doing the podcast. So in that period of time, all the same faces have had the same goal and they've seen other teams achieve it and they've not done it. So there is kind of like a directional element from Celtic. Another thing I've been thinking about recently is the Scottish League isn't exactly awash with, with young talent. No. Uh, but, and neither is Celtic. We're losing players left, right and centre. But it seems to me that Hibs and Aberdeen and Hearts and these teams are doing a better job at bringing young players through than us now because you know we're watching these guys go to Italy and watching these guys get sold down south and now Celtic are in a position where we can't even buy them we probably couldn't afford Lewis, he Lewis Ferguson if we wanted to go and buy him now Josh Doig would probably cost us a lot of money these guys are slipping through Celtic's fingers now for me why did we not buy them from their painting clubs before they went away Secondly, why didn't we poach them at 14 or 15 that's happening to us? Why did we not spot them before they, they turned into these players? So the, the Celtic are sort of, they're losing on the European front and they're not doing so well on the domestic front either yeah, for me because yeah. we should have all the best domestic talent. The money we spend on our youth development, we should have the best domestic talent. It should The majority of it should come through Celtic and that's not happening either. So on both fronts, aside from winning domestic trophies, which we're all you know, very pleased about yada yada yada. On both fronts, we're not doing particularly well, and I think fresh ideas are needed. So, do I think the sack the board stuff was out of the question at the time? No. Do I think chat to sack the manager was a bit of an overreaction at the time? Yes. Was chat? We need to keep our eye on this and see where it's going. Was that an overreaction? No, I don't think it was no, because no. all signs were pointing to downhill. Yeah, and yeah, that uh, makes sense. So, so yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous signs, those road yeah. signs just all come. <laughs> it's like those road signs that tell you about a landslide <laughs> and deer. You're like, what, what do you want me to do? Deer sound. So, uh, what I've always said about, you know, it's even uh, celebrations when pitch invasions happen and all that. Um, and people say, oh, celebrating as if you've won the World Cup and all that. That's not really how it works. What I've always maintained is that celebrations are, are based on the emotion you feel at the time. It's those if you do the calculations and say, I, do you know what? Scoring against Dundee in the 96th minute, isn't it that great? I'll sit back down. That's not how those things work. And, and, the, and in the same vein, I don't think that the the anger after the Hearts game was an overreaction because that's just what everyone felt. That's, I mean, it wasn't as if we all got together and thought, do you know what, we're going to massively overreact. It was just an outpouring of anger at the end of that mm. game. I was there. It, it was. I think I described it after the game as the worst game I can remember having been to. And I mean, like in the, the modern era, because I mean, I, I was going myself to were absolutely garbage, but there was no, they would, you understood that at the time. Mm. So I, I thought the Hearts game was absolutely terrible and it came bear in mind that off the back of losing to Kilmarnock as well so you lose two league games in a row and the reality is that's bad for a team like Celtic yeah. I know that people say oh typical entitled old firm fans and all that right there's a lot of that out there can he handle losing a game but that's it's reality for a, for a club like Celtic you I've lose two no games in a row for these dweebs that, <laughs> that go <laughs> so we don't support we don't support the Glasgow teams, so we get to watch from the sidelines and laugh at everything you do. You're the worst. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So 
I, I don't think it was an overreaction. And I th yes, with hindsight, it, is, it was over the top to question the manager's position. But while I never indulged in the sack the manager stuff, I was willing to, via our online community that we have in our Discord <laughs> through, through the Patreon, right? I think that's a, it's a good community in there and there are, people are in there are willing to have nuanced conversations and debates on stuff like that. So I think that I was willing to entertain the chat about what, where are we going? What is the point of this manager? If we're not seeing a style of play, if we're not getting the results, if we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that, right? So let's all try and come to terms with the fact that it hasn't worked out the way we thought it has or, or thought it would rather. So at that point, I think the, the discussion is worth having, even if the end result of that is you arrive at, it'd be daft to sack the manager mm. just now. I think the debate is a, is a worthwhile one. And, and that and that happened. And I was happy for that to happen. And I, I and engaged in it and said that I'm not seeing many reasons to continue in this manner, in this direction just now, because this, this season hasn't promised anything at, or hasn't delivered anything it promised on at first. But now that Celtic are better again it, it goes back to our very first question I think it was where we talked oh no one of the first questions about carrying on the form after this January week that'll be telling that'll be very telling and it, the, it the discussion well? may happen again is it telling as well that not, no, none three of us put our neck on the chopping block for Brendan Rodgers and went no he's got it he he, he can do it no, I mean that in itself was an option the option yeah. was there to have faith in the manager that he would turn it around that you know, this is a blip and we're, we're worried, don't worry about it. It'll come good for the end of the season because Brendan Rodgers got a track record. He's still a good man. It, the, the, that option was there. None of us took it for, for whatever reason. There were people who took it. Yeah. There was a lot of people who took it for their own self-congratulatory reasons, I'm sure of it, just, you know, in the hope that it would turn out okay so they could give everyone a, a told you so. Um, but the, that option was there. None of us took it. And, you know, Brendan will be watching this podcast and that's what he'll be thinking. He'll be looking <laughs> at all, all three of us and he's... He'll be in his Spanish villa conducting transfers. <laughs> Why scout on one yeah. screen the 20-minute Tim's another screen? Going, well, look, you're all enjoying it now, but not one of you were by my side. Not one of you stepped up. Probably Judas. only frozen horses, third. <laughs> and another <laughs> screen. Ah, yeah. <laughs> He's about to jump down to flamingos <laughs> and play some pool. Right, listen, next up. How many signings do you think we will get? The Broge was saying we needed four around December time, but he recently said one or two needed... Transfer window question from Corey good at Mitchell that, there. Isn't he? He's been good at that this season, setting up expectations, and then about a week later saying, "Nah, nah, nah, I didn't say that at all." Well, we're here. To, I'm here to make my mark in Europe, but also we need to be realistic. <laughs> I need four players in the door, but also one or two. And then the, my personal favourite was when after the Rangers game, I think it was, he was asked about January or before the Rangers. I can't remember what it was. So um, I think it was in between Rangers and in Kumar. Um, St Mirren but never mind mm. so he was asked about his January plans and he said oh I'm not I'm not even thinking about that, that. <laughs> like, yeah. come on yeah. he was spent about 10 weeks talking about how we need proven quality in this team we need to fix all the problems in January and then when he was asking about January January what, what, what's, what's January this guy's asking about January <laughs> so I'm so I'm I'm Dermot right Stephen and you're Brendan oh, I'm going to take the first I'm going to take the first number that comes out of your mouth right okay how many players do you need from me in January, minimum. Uh, I'm not going to do the accent, but four. I think four. After after we've, everything we've said, I don't know You've why. You've got it would... to be joking. <laughs> do me a favour. You've got to be joking, Brett. Come on. <laughs> I was just out golfing with DJ Khaled. He's a more sensible individual than you. 
<laughs> so, yeah, it's got well, well, a minimum, a minimum of three. Four would be ideal. I think four would be you're a terrible the best situation. I know. Yeah, I, I shat it there from big, big <laughs> drip daddy Den, Dermot there. Um, so I, I, I've climbed down from my position. I think three would be good. I think four would be ideal. I think four would be pretty much perfect, assuming they're all of the required quality. But it's got to be a minimum of three. We need a left back because we've only got one. I know we talked mm. up Greg Taylor earlier on and gave him his gave him his dues. So I, I think Greg Taylor's been very, very good, but we've only got one. Mm. I know there's people yeah. saying, oh, but Liam Scales could fill in, but why do you want to go, start going have, messing with that? Take I your best performance centre half and stick him no, left back. Absolutely not. So we've only got one. Burnaby's, John Tense's purpose is completely gone. So we've only got one left back. We've only got one keeper and he's creaking. He's getting worse and worse all the time. Joe Hart, God love he's him. centre half now. Are we back in a centre half injury crisis? Carter Vickers, um, Navrotsky, did he go off injured? No, uh, taking off as a bit of a. He was taking off and Lagerbjelka got maybe 20 minutes or something like that. Yeah, Lagerbjelkasovsky. Yeah. Welsh is injured. Carter Vickers is hobbling. You know, we're at the stage again now and Nat Phillips is away. We're sort of looking at it going, mm, do we need a centre half in? And then there's a strike on the winger. So I think four, five, five we're up to Those, five. Uh, I'm happy with the midfield now because Bernardo mm. has, has shown himself to be to be more than worth his, his place in the squad. So I'm happy with midfield. Prior to that, I would have said maybe midfield because we're struggling with injuries there and we're rotating that. It's either Turnbull or it's home or it's whoever else just gets thrown in there and doesn't perform. But I had to, um, sorry, Bernardo is definitely worth persevering with. So I'm happy with that. But everything else, I agree with you that, that you've just listed there. Martin Melly. Eh, look, Brendan Rogers said four when he came in, didn't get it. He said four earlier on. So look, I, I can't I can't imagine why we'd all of a sudden go, right, Brendan, how many players do you need four? I can offer you two. Like, That's no. how negotiations work. Aye, well, I mean, we know how things work at Celtic, yeah. don't we? Aye, but it's, it shouldn't be a negotiation. You have brought in the manager who you think's the best guy for the job, so he's asking you for the things he needs to do his job. So go and mm. get them for him. But this hasn't been January; just hasn't come up after September. The window slams shuts, and then in between that, you can do stuff. You can do stuff to prepare <laughs> for it. But yeah. Celtic seem to they not take that advantage of that. But I think look, we need four players. I, I'm I'm tired of beating around the bush here. It's not. It's not as if this, all oh, right, we can get to the end of the season and go for there. Why? Because at the end of the season, we're going to need players as well. And this season, you get eight Champions League games if you win the league. Eight Champions League games. We want to be a Champions League club. We want to be a European club. We'll go mm. and prove it. Go and prove that you're no, again, playing Russian roulette with this league. Because Celtic, if they get four players in and they're decent, we should win the league. And this is us. Where I'm asking for four players, I'm expecting three of them to be really good. I'm not expecting all four players to come in and be absolutely brilliant because that's probably unrealistic yeah. we've done it with O'Reilly Hatati, Maeda and Idaguchi three of them were good and one wasn't he? so it's not always going to work out like that so four and I want I want them all to be good but that is that is probably unrealistic and there's no excuses 72 million in the bank added to that the Champions League money added to that a win in the Champions League Celtic have got the money there go and do it man Reminded, uh, reminded of the opinion that I held when the, oh, this all kicked off when we started to realise that the transfer windows had done if this wasn't Brendan Rodgers, if this was a brand new manager, if this was Jesse Marsh or whomever, unheard, unthinkable that he wouldn't be given the targets Aye. that he wanted. Just wouldn't he have yeah. if, if this was a new manager. I think we've got time for two more questions, maybe three, depending on how quickly we get through them. Next up, do you have faith in the board to deliver the <laughs> quality 
<laughs> not quantity, which I think is a key difference, as we saw in the January in the we saw in the summer window, of the players that Brendan is looking for this January from Sean Divers. Aye. So this is a question, Stephen, about you know what you were saying, players to go right in the team. No four players that can contribute in some way. How many guys are going to start seventy percent of the games between now and the end of the season? Aye, and in many ways I'd actually be happy with just consolidating, just tidying up the squad, see if you can get one really good winger in and get rid of four of them. <laughs> that to me that would to me would represent something of a success. Just one good player in the place of all the four frustrating guys that we've listed earlier on. Do that in several positions and you're starting to look like a really good squad. That tight tw- squad of 23, 24 guys that we're looking at, if you get rid, bring two or three in. We go into every window thinking we could get rid of 12 players here and we need two or three in. If we do that in this window, it'll be huge steps towards getting the proper squad that that Brendan Rodgers mm. and we all want. So that's going to take quality. That's going to take the required level of player to come in and make us realise that we don't need all this stuff. We don't need 35 players. We need 24 good ones. <laughs> as simple as it seems, right? As simple as it is to say that, it's, it's kind of all we want. Do I have the faith that the board will be able to do it? I, I have to but in current track record in current well, very recent history there's nothing to go on to suggest mm. that that is going to happen other than Brendan Rodgers basically saying look it's it's this or nothing it's this it's this transfer window or I'm gone again and that will just be including Brendan Rodgers and including us the fans including the board it would just be a complete embarrassment for all involved if that happens if we manage to yeah. piss off Brendan Rodgers to the point where he has to leave the club to save his reputation again then that is absolutely mortifying and it's a an extinction level event for all involved as that, that, that term phrase again. Yeah, it's been a long time. But again, that that would be completely unforgivable. They've done a lot of unforgivable things, the board, but to drive out Brendan Rogers purely because they just cannot get transfers done, it's I mean, it doesn't even bear thinking about it's it's the if, if sole it, it's the sole responsibility as a football club to get listen, good if, players. If they in. don't do it in this window, it's sack your manager or sack your son. Take, or, or both, yeah. or both. Yeah. Take your, take your pick. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, just sorry. so I don't have a huge amount of faith, but I have to. It's, I have to f- just give them the benefit of the enormous doubt and hope that they can get the job done. Because, quite frankly, the 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 possibilities of lose of not doing it again and losing not only the league but the the manager is just unthinkable. Just uh, it can't happen. So please, just get it done. Yeah, oh, come on, along, along the same lines as Stephen, but I think we'll find out in this window whether lessons have been learned and see if they haven't. It needs to be changed because Celtic going out and trying this, trying to get players under 24 on a certain wage, it's not worked. It's not worked. Mm. It's just simply not worked. We've had Bernardo, who's been decent, and we've had Palma, who's been decent. That's no, that Decent's not good enough. We need players to come in and improve the team so if there's any signings made what has to happen is are they going to start against Bucky Fissel and the remaining league games yes if the answer's anything apart from yes just don't sign them because the squad is littered with players like that so don't do it so Celtic the board the recruitment whoever it is need to learn the lessons what you tried hasn't worked it's not worked so stop doing it and 
If you want to bring in young players, that's brilliant. But what you need to do with that is supplement that with professionals so these guys can learn off. Celtic have stopped doing that. They had a good blend of it under Ange and then they stopped doing it to just bring in young players. But if you want to be like Ajax, then you're going to have to go seasons where things don't work. So that's not good enough at Celtic. We need to win the league every year. So stop doing it, sort it and get good players in. But do I have faith? Nah. <laughs> Uh, I had a question about referees there, but it seems to have not transferred oh, over from one. Oh, it's a conspiracy here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not transferred over from one to the other. There was a there was a question there about, you know, how we think the referees are getting on. But you, look, he's been got at. Yeah, he's nah, been got he's in, the big, the, in the pocket so, of big SFA. So the final, uh, <laughs> someone's re- going to release our audio of our, pre, <laughs> our, our pre-podcast discussion. Listen. Final question of the night, and it relates to transfer still, so we'll keep it in the the vein of it. it. Here we go. After all, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it is January and it is mid season. Here we go. Stephen Smith, do you think the run of bad results in December has sealed the fate for the likes of Telio, Quan, and Home, or do you think they will be afforded enough game time to make an impact after the break, even with very sh- even with the very short points gap we have mm. currently? Um, awful. Melly shaking his head. Look, with the best will in the world. We all want these players to do well. I think they actually fall into two camps there. I think Tilio and Quan, you can more or less forget about. Aye. I think uh, Tiago Home, Brendan Rogers likes him. He's spoken well about him. Says he needs to improve his upper body strength. Needs to become a bit more physical for the role that he wants to play. So uh, out of those two players, Melly, I think you'll probably see more of Home. I would be surprised if Tilio's even here. And there's there's talk that he's trying to get a loan move back to Australia. Um, which you would expect to happen if because he's, he's not got a future at Celtic, let's be honest. And Quan, who knows, man, doubt, I really doubt we'll see the likes of him. No, I think Quan, I'd be surprised if he plays a minute, to be honest. I'd be surprised if mm. we see him in a competitive game for a, even a minute. Tellio, no, nah, it's not going to happen for him. Uh, even if he goes away, still don't see it happening. Uh, home, potentially, but in the games I've seen him, he's he's had a flick against uh, St Mirren at home but bar that even the stuff that I expected him to do good he wasn't really doing but again he's a young player coming from a different country so I will give him the season and maybe it'll be next season before we see the best of him but he's got a chance here with a tatty away on international duty for a, a month or so he's got a chance behind Bernardo he'll probably be the first choice and if he's it comes to the end of the season and he's not playing ahead of David Turnbull then, questions need to be asked of him. He came with a decent pedigree, came with everything you'd want Celtic to kind of sign, but he's been the the sort of surprise out of all the ones. Quan, after hearing about him, where he came from and the scouting report we got from Alex, I was like, this guy's not going to play because Cal McGregor will play there and it just doesn't sound good enough either. So, nah, they two out. I'll give home. I'll give home at the end of the season. I don't know if the if recent results have sealed the fate any more than them just not being good enough already yeah. had. Like there's a, they've there's had six always, months of training. Yeah, well that's it. That it, there's always this sort of need to run a games thing and, and it's it kind of there was a discussion as we recall this just today in the Discord that someone had said that we were about to give up on Lagerbielka despite the fact he hasn't run had to run a games. But I mean, as you've just said there, Melly, the chances it's it's training. It's it's showing yourself in training. There's a there's a difference. How many ninety minutes has he played at Lennoxton? Oh yeah, I know. I know hundreds no pro well no not quite, but dozens and dozens scores. But 
it's, it's, he's clearly no god at not everyone deserves a run of games to prove it like you you don't just throw a guy in just to make sure he's not good enough but I better chuck him in for 12 games just to make sure eh? just, so, just so we can all be absolutely <laughs> shitting <sure>. goals <laughs> left right and centre <laughs> Yeah, we've only got seven games left of this this run of games. Brendan's looking like William Wallace. He's like, hold, this guy's going to come yeah. good. Hold. How how the run of games chat works is that fans, myself included, always want to be. We always want to be able to make our mind up. So Brendan mm. Rodgers clearly already has, but we don't get the chance to make our minds up. So it always feels like a like the loop hasn't quite closed, and these players go without the quote unquote run of games. But not about Liam Scales. Is this Liam Scales getting the run of games though? Yeah, people well, will be screaming at their their podcast going, "Oh, well, Liam Scales got a run of games, and look what happened." Ah, well, he, but he was good basically from the start of that. What the, the run of games is basically is how it's often used. Liam Scales is an exception, of course, but how it's often used is that we need to give a player a run of games to prove that he's not shite. And that's not how it should work <laughs> at all. Like, how Can they improve? Can they get better with a run of games? Maybe. But you don't chuck them in and think, well, he's miles off it, may as well just keep playing him. The manager will clearly, and not only the manager, but the coaching staff will all form a profile of a player based on what they can do in training and, and bounce games and how they measure up against their fellow professionals. That's how it works. So I think all of that will have sealed the fate of these players rather than being involved or not in, in recent games and the those recent bad games sort of reinforcing the idea that we can't mess about with the team too mm-hmm. much. We need to kind of play the best the best players to get the, the form back up. I think that they were all just quite odd signings and I don't really mind that happening on occasion. But as Melly said, it has to be balanced out with, with better. We can't just populate the squads exclusively with these guys and hope that it works out. Like Quan... Just, just a bizarre signing all round, really. Even at best, even if he was a really good player, and we'll probably never know. We'll never really get that run of games to for us to make our mind up. What's the best case scenario? Because we've seen so many of those players yeah. in that position come and go over the years, and they've never had an impact. It was Quan like, better. Is Quan Bellin a Gucci? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. No Who knows? So, it, it, in, is he better than Iwata? No. No, it's well, extremely, never, extremely you unlikely. You bought him as well? Aye, and Iwata can't get near the team for the most part either. So it, it just seems a very, very odd sign. Home, I have hopes that he could prove himself eventually, but that he needs to work on his upper body. I think it's easier said than done. Yeah. <laughs> How long is mm-hmm. that going to take? He's, he's in his 20s. It's not as if you can just... Uh, just a, a, Images of him walking about Lennox and doing bicep curls with tins of beans and all that. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, but Gaffer says I need to get on the raw eggs. And... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I have hope that he might work out eventually. But likewise, uh, the, the other side of that is I wouldn't be surprised if he just completely disappears as well. Who knows? Yeah. But it, these guys, the, the odd thing about home and others is that they quite often come to Celtic not as really a raw project, but they've got a hundred senior games under their belt, and for whatever reason, it just thing, doesn't it? work at Celtic. Uh, it's not like we've like plucked the, a, nobody in nobody in Norway was considering home a project. No, it's not he like we footballer pluck some fifteen-year-old like mm-hmm. we used to do with foreign players, bring in f- teenagers and have them rattling around the B team for a wee while. We had so many of them with like Armstrong, Okoflex, and even Caramoco Dembele with guys who were there for years, and they were always hyped to, to some extent or another but they were very very young Holmes uh, he's kind of like he's not a fully fledged footballer but he's an experienced one in some way or another kind of like Christopher Iyer when he came but in getting off topic I, I think those players would all be gone I'll be disappointed with Tilio because I, I did believe the the you know 
almost self-imposed hype. The, mm. the, the hype that you we believed built. our own hype. You got <laughs> high <laughs> in your own supply there, Stephen, did you? Yeah. So, the, nah, I think I think they'll all be gone. And I think it will just be as a consequence of them not being good enough rather than the urgency to get points now being the highest it's been for the season. I think they'll just work out that they're no good enough. Had mm. they been good enough, had they, had they been useful in any way, we would have seen them by yeah. now, in my opinion. It's, it's not like, again, it's not like they're, 15 year olds and you don't expect to see them those are all of an age that you could easily play them I think Quan is like 23 or something like that if he's if he's a long term project what on earth does that look like are we going to start playing him when he's 27 or something like that it's just the, the whole system is completely bizarre to me calling these guys projects because they are far too old to be considered that well Stephen I was just having a quick look at the discord there as you were chatting to see if any late Transfer switches have mm. come up and our best friend Fabrizio Romano, who never seems to tweet good news about no, Celtic, no. has tweeted that Bologna are interested in Rocco Vata. They, oh, want right, okay. take, they want to maybe take him in January. You know, we're interested in a couple of Bologna players. So, you know, maybe a little swap deal could be done there. Oh, some a player plus cash. Now, those happen all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, a player but, plus cash and a pay-as-you-play deal on, in but the as, But as we've, as we've sat here, no transfer rumours have been breaking, but we'll check all that out in the Discord. Listen, Jordan Henderson, thanks. though. Remember, we've got Jordan <laughs> the Daily Record have exclusively revealed that we're going to sign Jordan Henderson. With a gobbledygook. <laughs> I love that. I don't know how they are creating headlines, the Daily Record. It's no. all stuff like... Henderson Gamble plays bogey for Brendan and potential swoop gives green light to Celtic fans. It's like, yeah. what? It's, again, uh, it's complete nonsense. Joey for friends using out the facade oh, to yeah. change uh, every word in it. Just to... It's absolutely brutal. I love, Listen, I love the Jordan Henderson situation though. It's oh. like he, he went to Saudi Arabia six months ago to, to end homophobia. I remember he was, oh, he, was going, yeah. he, was, he was going to work homophobia from the inside, bring it all down. So he's <laughs> six months later, done that. And you think, what am I going to just put my feet up? Nah, got to move on. Got to go to Glasgow, sort out the sectarianism <laughs> problem as well. <laughs> so, and he swoops. <laughs> He's, you know, I mean, you know what's going to happen with him. I read that he, he only gets this tax-free cash if he stays in the country yeah, for like what a period. So basically he's just going to be chapping the door of every player in the club. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. <laughs> I'll come and play for you if you pay this big tax bill <laughs> for me. Seven million pounds, Aye. I know. Yeah. Listen, Jordan, <laughs> the best world in the world. You and Stevie made your bed away in the line. <laughs> Look, on that bombshell, we will wrap up. Thank you so much to all of our patrons who sent us in questions. The content doesn't stop over on patreon.com slash 20 minute Tim's. Get involved, support the podcast, treat yourself to some extra content. You can get it all there. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you very soon. 